Today on Talk About That, John discovers deep fake video technology and refuses to sleep in. Meanwhile, I issue a correction from an old episode and still have night terrors, but can't get out of them thanks to modern medicine. Also, a conversation about humility, know-it-alls, and straw men arguments. Today's episode is not sponsored by A1 Vacuum Repair. Our products really suck, and we work with dirt bags. Let's do it. It's your favorite part of Monday. We're hoping. Let's talk about that. I'm John here with Johnny. Hey, guys. We are cranking up Banter Town. You're looking yeah, like a. You're looking a little. I mean, I feel haggard today. I've got the allergy. Spring man, in Tennessee is not the best. No. It's just we're caffeinated and pollinated. And do you think our listeners from other states like? Do they complain about the regional seasonal allergy issues? I, you know, that- I do a bit about allergies. I do the whole thing about Allegra. I do like a jingle from Allegra, and then I follow that up by saying, "Are allergies?" I don't even know. Are allergies bad here? Do y'all get that joke? And everywhere I'm at, they always go, they're so bad. No one has like, no, allergies are true. No, we love our allergies. It's fantastic. Yeah. What is an allergy? Like Arizona. Yeah. They don't have a lot of allergies there, right? No, it's terrible. Here's how, here's how, because I asked that too. I thought, well, Arizona, it's the desert. But evidently, what happens is uh, the desert plants all bloom. Mm. One part of the season, and then everybody just isn't that a country song? Just, yeah, it's a, desert flower blooming like a desert flower. Oh my goodness, like a blooming onion. Ugh. Anyway, but I feel stuffy. You look like one of the wet bandits today. You got your, <laughs> you got your toboggan or beanie, Guys, whatever you want to call it. I used to call it a toboggan. Now it's beanie, right? To quote your skull cap. Yeah, this is. A, I think still? this technically is a skull cap. Actually, it's pulled down though. It's like I can't see what's going on. <sighs> Guys, to quote a very famous movie, Shrek, "I'm a donkey on the edge." Oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, and, and if then we're in the same you quote Shrek a lot in your house. Oh, I do, I do. The, and I've the, never heard anyone quote "I'm a donkey on the edge." Really? <laughs> <laughs> You're the first person <laughs> to pull that quote. Yeah, it's like you a, know, it's like uh, <laughs> like, it's like Senator Kennedy used to say, "I'm a donkey on the edge." <laughs> like it's not a, you know, uh, it, th- and this is how I might wear this skull cap in the mm. middle of summer up here. Really? Yeah. Like I, the other day in a staff meeting, I covered up in a blanket, like wrapped it around you me. Rock. I do rock a do little. Do you think bit. it's related to anxiety and not just? Oh, Johnny, there's it's no, like you're trying to get comfort. There's no telling what. You, all have you tried the to. weighted blanket? Were you just trapped under heavy We got things? a weighted blanket one time. Uh-huh. I wasn't a fan. And Sadie's still under it. We can't. <laughs> we don't know where she is. <laughs> Not a big, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't get into the weighted blanket thing. Um, there's something to it, because I made fun of it one time in a meme, and I was like, yeah, there's nothing better for anxiety than being trapped under something heavy or whatever. <laughs> and uh, people, people got in the comments and just were like so offended. Actually, my daughter... You know, people like with autism and stuff, evidently sure. it's a big deal. It's a super helpful And then thing. even I know for like um, dogs, uh, there's a thing called a, what is it, a thunder jacket or a, it's something that you put on dogs if it's storming yeah. and it's a weighted covering, huh. like a harness, but it's weighted and it makes them feel a little bit more at ease. Huh. It wouldn't, my dogs. dogs you don't would think be so. like, Get this off of me. <laughs> and it's storming. You've ruined my life. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But. Anyway, I apologize. I'm a little sniffly today. Yeah, and I apologize for John's appearance. Um, I can't control this. I mean, I can control what I wear. Yeah, but I can't control the way I could eat better. No, and exercise, take care of myself. We had IHOP today. Uh, yeah, I could control a lot more. I guess if we're. Being I don't normally eat breakfast. You know that. I noticed this morning that at IHOP you ordered a huge waffle. 
Well, it's a, it's the size waffle that they have. I don't Literally know if it's. Literally International House of Pancakes, and you ordered a waffle. They have good waffles, though. What a rebel, though. I go to Waffle House order pancakes. Do they have them? No. Okay. Interesting that our waitress had worked at both places. Okay. Did you hear her say that? She's she talking about, oh, that's right. She was talking about yeah. tips and how tips should not be taxed. Yeah, how they worked she at Waffle House. She wanted to be tipped under the table. Here. Yeah. But what, what is your feeling on that? Um, I have no comment. I think you should render unto Caesar, lady. <laughs> I opened the Bible. I immediately started witnessing to her. I was like, it's time for you to Johnny, learn. Hey, Johnny. whose face is on this coin? She was like, I don't know. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't either. Um uh, I don't. I don't have coins. Yeah. What if we use that today? Like, whose face is on this coin? They're like uh, George Washington. Yeah. You have a penny. The modern parable would no, wait, be that's like a... the modern would be like Jesus holds up a bitcoin. Whose face? You know, <laughs> whose whose face is on this bitcoin? No one. Um, uh, Lord no. Zorg. <laughs> like whatever whatever our robot overlords are at that point. I'd like to state, by the way, I know that it's not George Washington on a penny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Abraham it's Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Bitcoin, which I is what you tipped the lady. You're like, hey, there you go. Well, something for your trouble. <laughs> Ding. Mean Joe Green. You know, I don't. I actually tip really well. Okay. Like it. It. Um, and I think it's time that someone noticed it. <laughs> right. It's like, what's the point if you can't get credit? <laughs> like on your own podcast. We talk about this all the time. It was one of our one of our inside jokes. You may hear us say is anytime we acknowledge something that we did that was good, yeah. we always re- reference uh, Jesus' statement about that if you let someone know that you were giving, you've already had your reward. This you know? is your reward. Yeah, you right. had your reward. So now it's like every time it's like, hey, uh, hey, I should be noticed for this. And it's like, well, now I've had my reward. reward. Like when can you ever acknowledge you've ever right. done anything right? When I do, this is true, when I do volunteer appreciation events for churches, yeah. and I do probably 20 a year. So these churches will do like, you know, we have a ton of volunteers here that help keep things going. Right. They, they run children's church. They run nursery care. They're not paid staff. Sometimes they will serve in one service and then go to another service if you have two services. And so tons of churches do that model. And so once a year they throw a big party. They appreciate all the people. And they bring me in to do comedy. Sometimes they'll even do awards. They'll have like a big glass plaque, citizen of the year yeah. kind of a thing. And – I always sometimes I'll go on after that. I'll be like, "Let's give a hand to everybody who got an award today," and then stand if you got one. You know, I'll make a big thing of it. And then I go, "Just so you know, um, there will be no reward in heaven now because I, mean, I didn't listen. I didn't write the book. I didn't make the rules. I hope you're happy. It's just such a funny, awkward yeah. Yeah. moment, and I love it so much. And it's probably why I've not been invited back to those places. <laughs> but it makes me laugh. Yeah, Pastor Roy always says, like, could we not wear the crowns for just a minute? Right. Before we cast them down? It. Right. Like, can I just see if it fits, how how yeah. it feels? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah. I do think that that whole, like, I think the rewards thing is such an interesting takedown in Christian culture. It's a real, like, aha! Like, it, it's one of these, how dare you want something that Jesus talks about you're going to get. Yeah. And it's always this, uh, like there's a guy, I don't want to say who it is that I follow, who I think is great. And he he really talks a lot about. Like, but you don't want to give him credit. No, because what I'm going to say may sound critical. Oh, so here. eventually, like I love I love what he says. Mm-hmm. And he, he really deals with like, hey, look, there's no there's no place on the political right or the political left where you as a believer should find your full voice or find your full satisfaction. Mm-hmm. If you find it, that's a problem because like the gospel, and it's like we, we talked about in that book 
the Live No Lies, he talked about the five things uh, that Christians historically were known for. Two of them would be considered very liberal issues today. Two yeah. of them would be considered very conservative issues today. And and so like there's this there's this middle ground of you shouldn't find home. Yeah. Your your ideological emotional home in one of those places it probably means you've gone too far. But my issue with him is is like so then a lot of what he does is is calling it out. So like if you're if you're I, I get the feeling every time I read his tweets it's like you thought you could relax, but no. Like it's yeah. a real <laughs> <laughs> like you thought you did something good, but did you think about this? And yeah. I I just think sometimes that's why a good theology of I don't have any good works to stand on yeah. is so important, but that also means that my good works can now be accepted for what they are. Yeah. Like, okay, like my, my – It's so good that you did something good. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, it's not something to stand on, but it's something like it's better than not doing the – it's like yeah. uh, Dwight Moody used to say about uh, evangel- evangelizing people or not. He would say, I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. Right. Yeah. So it's like if you're just using this idea of like – well, it doesn't matter anyway to just not do anything. Right. That's not a Christian ethic either. No, and that's the that's sort of the accusation against the reform side of things. When I yeah. know a lot of reform a lot of reform friends and that's not generally what any of them think, but when you were when we were from an Arminian, which is a you have a lot of choices, you know, it's all about your free will sort of mindset. Right. The whole the whole idea of the other side is that that they just think because of God's sovereignty, you don't have to tell anyone about Jesus or right. do anything because it's all going to be what it is. It's already predetermined. It's predestined. And it's going to be what it is. And what's the point of even going out? Like, like that's the flip side of a sort of evangelical mindset. It's up to us, you know. And then the sovereign folks who really dwell on the sovereignty are like, well, God's already predetermined, and we can rest in this. And so, yeah, but then you're not going to do anything. And like, there's some sort of there's some sort of balance in between the two yeah. uh, that I think is is a healthy spot. But like. One of my friends who's a counselor of the day was like, you know, he was kind of, you know, encouraging me. He was like, you know, Hebrews, it talks about that God won't forget your faithfulness and, and your good, you know, basically the good things you've done for him. Yeah. And I was like, you realize that scripture means nothing to me. Like, I can't let that scripture in because I'm so afraid of of falling back into a place. And I don't think I've ever had confidence because I did the right thing. So even when I was trying... Before right. I even you're questioning your own motives, even if you're doing the right, right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I, yeah. and that's part of the being Enneagram six is you, it's really hard for you to see any of the positives yeah. in your life that you accomplished. Like when you look back, you just accomplished something great. You rarely can see it. You're, 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 you see the negatives. You see the negative of what you ripple did. Ripple effect of the negatives. Right. Yeah. And so, or but, the possible the way it could go negative. Right. That's what I do. I'll be like, well, this is great now, but will it last? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a real <laughs> sick thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I do keep wondering, which we're going to send you the test, I think. I keep wondering, I think you're a six with a, with a strong seven. You, I, I'm pretty certain you're a six with a, with a strong seven. I want to be something different just so that you're wrong about me. What does that make me? Uh, an eight. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pin me down. Yeah. I'm an enigma. I'm super I'm special. I'm a riddle wrapped in bacon. If you think you're... <laughs> If you think you're like completely unique, then that's a very yeah. four thing. Uh, yeah, no, but no. a lot of artists have that. Like, but anyway, you talk about scriptures kind of that are weaponized. Uh, Tim used to have Tim Hawkins used to have this joke about it. He, I've only heard him do it a few times, but he said maybe it was just a tweet, but it was something about uh, let don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. It's great for giving and terrible for making a sheet cake. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. It's like, what, a, what an absurd. Yeah. I always liked it when Tim would get absurd in his writing because so much of Tim's comedy is so brilliant, but it's very broad and it's very accessible to a huge audience, which is why he's a viral and successful, successful comedian. That's part of the deal. But then I would, when I was around him a lot, I would see this darker side of his personality come out. Yeah. And he'd be like, what do you think of this? And I'd be like, it's so funny, and there's no way you'll do it. And he wouldn't. Some of the times he wouldn't even try them. One time we were doing a tweet song, just one-liners. And one of his one-liners is still my favorite one. He said, live your life so that at your funeral, on your tombstone is written, I'm standing right behind you. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, but it's so funny and dark. That's great. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Okay, so this is true. So speaking of like humility and and uh, legalism and uh, uh, mistakes, we have a correction. Okay, uh, we got a. Uh, I got a note on my Instagram from uh, I guess a fan of the show, at least a listener of the show. Wow. And uh, so we, we were talking about the NCAA and paying players and uh, uh-huh. name, image, likeness, uh-huh. and we said that we were basically. We were on the fence. I can't remember our exact position, but it was basically, look, the NCAA has been monetizing these students forever. And what if you're a student like Christian Leitner, who you're this huge, phenomenal athlete, then you go to the pros and you have this mediocre career. You didn't make hay when the sun shined or whatever. Yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. And so I used him as our big, like, this is my, you know, open and shut case. And this was Christian Leitner who reached out. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Christian Leitner said he's over it. He's like, whoa, <laughs> I'm very successful. No, this guy reached out and said, Christian Leitner's probably not the best example. I can't remember how he put it, but it was basically like, um, Christian Leitner made $65 million in his pro career. And I didn't know that. That's Evidently, he, and he played 12 years. I didn't know that either. I think I thought he played like five years. Yeah. And, you know, but he made a, he made a good living. So, so it worked out. It worked out, but I, but I still think that the, the point stands. Maybe we could use a different athlete. You know, you could use sure. any number of other people who – Greg Oden – who who was a college phenom and like was riddled with injuries. Yeah. He you know he started just breaking down immediately when he was drafted number one by Portland, and never really saw the money that he could have seen. But if he was at Ohio while he was Ohio State, I mean imagine what he could have made if they'd been able to monetize his name image likeness. So the point stands. But the example of Christian Leitner, he did have a very mediocre like as far as like stat wise. He was a he was a he was a one time All Star though. I didn't know that he made an All Star team. Wow. I did not know that when he played with the Hawks. So he was a one-time All-Star uh, in like '93, and he '94 uh, maybe, but he uh, he averaged like you know 12 points for his career, five rebounds. It's not bad. I mean, I would take it. Would I'm you trying take to take that. Yeah, no, I would take it. Uh, I mean, I only average. You take it right now in a rec league, right? <laughs> <laughs> if I could score 12 points once, yeah. Um, my question is: Are you? I'm I'm trying to figure out. Because you keep saying we on all well, this Well, I'm saying stuff. like, like we, First but, of all, listeners. Yeah, that's true. I'm the one who, this was I'm Johnny, the one who gave Christian Leitner his example. And it, it appears that Johnny's maybe a little defensive but, but, about your correction. And I'm like, here's the I'm saying. ready to take it. Here's I'm what like, I'm saying, okay, though, we, is we when it. you don't correct me in the moment, you are co-opting <laughs> my nonsense. <laughs> that's how it works. It's like a marriage. Johnny, what else will we talk about? I'd have to sit here and correct you the entire time. <sighs> Don't you find that? Don't you find that in your marriage though? Like, if you know, do, do you think that your wife co-signs? Like, if you're at a dinner table and you're with another couple, and then you start spinning a yarn, like if she doesn't go, <laughs> she just, you know, what I'm saying she's just like, let's roll with it. Let's not that you're lying, but you know what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you, there's something about like not calling out your spouse in front of other people. I learned about probably year five 
Oh, it took five years. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. After. Um, um, yeah, just like, you know. When she threw me down the stairs, I was like, something's, my- something's wrong with Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I just, I'm like, you know what? When you're, I remember my whole life, I felt like I had to have instant resolution yeah. in all conversations. You know, I still struggle with that. Right. Um, but I've learned that life is longer. And relationships are like they're, they're, there's it's a no, highway. There's, really, I guess I want to write it, <laughs> but there's like this. Give it time. It's okay. This won't be the only conversation we have. I don't have to correct everything because yeah, then yeah, you end true. up. That's a good point. Yeah, just like if there it, is an urgency in our personality type to be like actually no, you need to yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's like you know yeah yeah just let it ride a little bit. I think that's part. Of, I was talking with a, uh, a new friend yesterday about that about how like. One of my discoveries in my comedy career early on that really helped me was that it was important, really important to me to be seen as clever by the audience. And so I would under underneath that would be the result. The net result would be I would not make myself the idiot in my jokes because mm-hmm. it was very important for me to be the smart guy. Yeah. The other guy's the dumb guy in the joke. Right. And I was like, I figured it out. I was I was doing a podcast interview with somebody, and they were like, so where did you go to college? And I was like, actually, I didn't go to college. And I started getting a little defensive about uh-huh. it. And I was like, oh, I really have a chip on my shoulder about no, not, not going, going to college. college. And so what it, can do, what it can do is make you overcompensate and become a know-it-all. Yeah. You know, I'm just smart as anybody here, and I'll prove it. Yeah. And you're like, now you're just a jerk. Like, so it's like, you got to figure out a, a balance of like humility and being a learner, even though you didn't weren't educated at a formal level, but like, don't be afraid to be like humbled. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. I was reading a book uh, called kill the spider by Carlos Whitaker. Oh yeah. Yeah. Carlos is great. And he was talking about it's, a lot of it's about his journey going to a program called onsite. And it's like a, a week immersive sort mm-hmm. of recovery type program. And he said his, it's funny how he sets it all up, but one of the first questions his sort of therapist, it's all in group meetings, asked him was, when was the first time you can remember feeling like you were an imposter? You know, like that you didn't belong in it, like that you're at a table, everybody else belongs there. Yeah. Everyone thinks you belong there, but inside you know. And that's one of the... That's one. That's of the, a big one. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a good like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a deep one. He said it kind of. It just. He was like, "Oh, this where is this?" Because he was pastoring everyone when he first got there. Like, "Oh, I could. I think God put me here to help all these people." Uh-huh. It was a real dad. And then that was like one of the first questions that like just punched him. Yeah. You know, he was right like, in, uh, "Right now." <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as you asked that, I feel like an imposter. Well, with my therapist, there's there's often there's something about ages like eight to twelve. Okay. Where. They try to get you to think. What What were you thinking at ages eight to twelve? There's some. There's yeah. like a lot of emotional formation during that uh-huh. time. And if you, I still feel like a twelve year old sometimes. So yeah, there's like something there's, I can inside tap of into you. that. I can yep. tap into that. I can tap into that. Carrying your tray in the lunchroom uh-huh. and looking around to see like who's going to let me sit with them. I can tap into that almost in any situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that week. Well. Not to get in too deep, but when we when you do IFS, which is internal family systems, you know, you begin ifs, to, if you, you will, <laughs> ifs you will, uh, you begin to tap into, you begin to even name various internal parts yeah. as an exercise. It doesn't mean like multiple personalities or anything you like know, that. These are my kidneys. 
This is my I go, sir, that's the wrong spot. No, no, this is what I call them. You don't get to tell me what my kidneys are. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, oh, so you name great. your like emotional. Yeah, you name and, and of course if you overlay the Enneagram, which I'm super excited about that book that I've got to work on with the McCords because that's what a lot of this is about. But you can even you're you're in there they're sort of premises that their your internal parts have types. Yeah. There are various types related to your main type. So if you realize you so if I'm a six, I have a five part yeah. inside who's very investigative uh-huh. and you know that that part's going to can be activated, can be can be well aligned or misaligned. You begin to recognize which situations, and then but IFS goes even further. Like you can have a lot of different parts. So but, what did end up, what did Carla and Carlos end up doing with the between eight to twelve? They tap into that, and when was you, when did you feel like an imposter? What was the result of that? All that? well, it just began. He he began sharing his story. Yeah, um, I forget what exact story he had a moment. Yeah, where he could remember. That's a good one. That's like a good like. Anytime we have a podcast guest, it would be like a good. When did you first feel like an imposter? I don't know if everyone feels like an imposter. Yeah, that's the thing is like that's part of what makes me feel like a super imposter is I have this uh, held belief probably that there are people who just have it together out yeah. there. There's still like a mythological person who's like, well, yeah, but they don't deal with this stuff. Right. They've got a million followers online or they don't, whatever it is. Yeah, that will be the next question is what do you assume or what – metric or what quantifiable or what personality trait do you see in that other person that causes you to assume that yeah that, that that's not an not. issue for them like because that would show you what you value well because i talk about it in my show about um like if there's a through line in my hour now it's like i was never cool i think i'm gonna call my dry bar that never was cool and it's that that idea that like you think there's cool kids who don't have insecurities they're just the cool kids. And the older you get, especially if you see those people out now, you go, oh, that was the prom king. And look at him now. Yeah. You go, oh, he never was cool. Right. It was always, he was dealing too. Or I didn't know what his family situation was like at home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a very freeing thing to start those layers come away. But, but yeah, there's still this, it's probably still a lingering thing that there's, but that person that was just whatever, that just had this TV appearance or just got this Netflix deal, they're not dealing in the same way that I am. And um, See, I think I believe that they deal. Yeah. I just now would trade my dealing for theirs. That's, that's now the new lie. Right. I would trade my problems for theirs. Right. Like, okay, they're dealing. They're still broken. I know we're all broken now, but man, yeah. I'd rather be broken struggling with their issues than – my issues, which generally feel like scarcity to me. I'd rather be struggling yeah. in abundance than in scarcity. Well, you know what it is? It's Christian Leitner. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, Isn't it though? It, it is because it's like I was like, this poor guy, yeah. uh, you know, he, he, you know, he goes through college. They're taking advantage of this guy. He goes on, and he only made $65 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one of my favorite quotes is Margaret Atwood. She says, Another belief of mine that everyone else my age is an adult, whereas I am merely in disguise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a big one. that one really hit straight I home think, for me. Here's the deal, though, and then this I just had this thought, but maybe that's why comedy is so needed and so cool is it reduces us all to that kid again. Yeah. You know, in a good way, because we do. We all feel like. Okay, everybody's a grown up at the table but me, but when you're laughing, it's like 
you're allowed to be that kid. And yeah. there's something like, you know, purifying and healing about it. Maybe that's what I'm really trying to tap into is like, hey, I'm a 12-year-old. Remember when you were 12 too? And yeah. then we all agree that it's the best. And then we all go home and we get to be adults again. We have to be adults again tomorrow. But tonight we're 12. Like that's kind of maybe what's Well, you're cool going to sit at the it. lunch table, except I'm going to make a space for you. Yeah, yeah or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold court at the lunch table. Yeah, you on know? all the people that, yeah. Uh, that's the other part. That guy was a great clip I saw the other day from a comic named Zoltan out of uh, San Diego. And he said, he goes, I started therapy. He talks a lot about therapy in his new hour. But he said, I started therapy because I realized in my job, I prefer, the way I prefer to interact with people is I need to be elevated and illuminated. <laughs> and he goes, and I like for it to be frowned on for you to talk back to me. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I need some help with you this. You need to, yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, man, I, I don't, I think we talked about the crisis of limitation, you know, last week with that moment in life where you begin to kind of come to grips with the things we're talking about. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, probably said it multiple times, but it really is just stepping on a scale and stepping on a scale does nothing for you to change the results of that yeah. scale. So it, like this awareness is, uh, I think, again, my counselor friend says it, um, that, oh, what does he say? Information is not transformation. You know, like there's, yeah. there's no, like you, you have to now grapple with what is going to change about this. And that's the scariest part. You get to a place where, I know where I've been struggling this week in particular, is I begin to feel great shame when my old issues continue to bring me down uh -huh. that I have already dealt with. Even though I'm aware they never go away and you're okay. going to have good days and bad days, sometimes my bad days get extended into the next day because I'm now in regret. And for me, it gets into uh, – this is where again my friends really try to help me because it gets into a real I was not faithful to God a faithful person who trusts in God would not have lost hope. Right, you waste, some, waste a whole other day being regretful about wasting the day before. Right. And yeah, always stress. And, yeah. and, and, and one of the things I always overlay myself into biblical characters, which I think is a good thing to do in many ways, but it's very subjective. Like, I think it's interesting that it's always the major characters for you. No, no, no. In this case, I'm the children of Israel. Like, I'm the whole the thing. The whole children of Israel. Which I think is, I think those are the characters we're supposed to overlay right. ourselves because okay. we're never Moses. You're, you're murmuring. You're. Yeah. We always make ourselves Moses or grateful. Abraham or Joseph or whatever, yeah. but like, you really, you're probably the brothers and then the children of Israel. Yeah. Like you're the ones no one's names can be remembered and you're the ones who just grumbled in the desert and, you know, that's more likely who yeah. I am. Um, and then I'm just like, I'll never make the promised land, you know, because I couldn't, you know, it, it, it's, it's a real – I mean, again, guys, I get it. I know there's a New Testament and I understand that there's grace and all those things. I do think those principles, you know, I, I want to be a guy that comes up against the Red Sea and has Pharaoh – breathing down your neck, and you just thought, this is all about expectation for me, you thought after 400 years of slavery, you finally just left, you thought it's over. Yeah. That's that's what they were grumbling about, I think. It wasn't just like, wait a second, but it was a 10 plagues, 400 years of slavery, yeah. all these no's, and finally a yes, and when you leave, your captors load you down with gold and silver and say, just get out. You go from being a slave to a person covered in gold and silver and you're finally leaving the place that you can't even remember 
anyone from your family who wasn't a slave because yeah. it's 400 years. Like you can't even go back that far. And all of a sudden within a day or whatever, someone's chasing you down to kill you and drag you or, or drag you back to Egypt. Yeah. And you're like, really God? Like I, I do, I get that sort of emotional exhaustion and yeah. But so I don't want to be that guy. Like I want to pass that test. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how, Johnny, or what the Red Sea equivalent is in our lives. For some of us, it's the actual it's Red actually- Sea. <laughs> a big angry pharaoh that wants to kill us. <laughs> oh, uh, I love that movie. The actual Guapo. Speaking of movies, I started sending you some really interesting. Uh, um... Yeah, what is that, an app you have or something? Whoa. So listen, I'm at dinner last night with my wife. And John and I text throughout the day. It's just something we do. We're dear friends. But your texts are only like, hey, can you meet? Blah, blah, blah. Every now and again, it's a quote. We'll share some deep conversations. Sometimes it's silly stuff. But it's very rarely like five videos in a row <laughs> that you've made on your phone. <laughs> like you're not a playful person Whoa. with your phone because you feel like it's a waste of time. So I was, I was like, who has John's phone, first of all? <laughs> Who has hijacked John's phone? Because I was like, John, I almost, I almost texted you back. You could have written a book with this time. <laughs> I love it how you're offended at my waste of time. Like it's a because real... I'm supposed to be that guy. I, you're, you know what I'm saying? I'm Ferris Bueller. You're Cameron. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're stressed. You're like, I got to go over there. He's just going to keep calling me. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I'm the one like, let's go to the parade. Yeah. Let's waste this day. Yeah. So when you start sending me like these crafted video, I, I guess it just it, it's a deep fake face video. You put your face on. I'm famous. not going to say the name of it because I don't want everyone else to start to use it. Okay, like I want to I want to have the upper proprietary hand. driver technology. But I'm telling you, you put your. It's not just that you can take photos yeah. and have them. Like I took a photo of my daughter and it has her mouth begin yeah. moving. Uh-huh. Now you can't add. It's your terrifying own, what this could mean, though. You can't add your own audio because you know they said deep fakes will destroy the republic. Because basically, what will happen is they'll convince you that Joe Biden has launched nuclear weapons. Because here's a video of him doing it. Yeah, and then they'll be like, "Ah, oh, he's launched," and then they launch. So you're telling me that I'm saying what you sent I me last night have, will end the free world because I chose to have fun for like ten minutes. Yep. the one time in my life. Yeah, yeah. No, I and my wife even she was like. You got to stop. Like I was, I was just giggling. I was like, I, and I think <laughs> we were there. I go, here's another one. What's, what's up with this guy? It was very <laughs> sophomoric. It was very yeah. like it was like you over James Bond was the first. I was like one. I got a part in a movie, and it was the James Bond. I'm telling you guys, it puts your face in the James Bond trailer. Yeah, and it looks like it's you. It's crazy. Well, you had hair, right? It puts hair on you, or whatever. But yeah. Some of them, and then I did the Patrick Swayze. That one, that one cracked me up. So um, Dirty Dancing, yeah, cracked me up. But you were Jennifer Grey's character, which I thought that's I an interesting like, choice. Why did he? He's lifting you. So I put Laura in the Jennifer Grey's character. Yeah, and I guess their faces. I don't know. Laura's face. She never looked that much different from the characters. And I put your face in several. Oh, I was trying to send one of you. Oh, but you never looked that different from the character. Because I look like a movie star. And I realized. Is that what you're saying? I think maybe. You're like, I could put you over Ryan Gosling, but look. Look, you already you're look already like there. I was shocked. I was like, I think my face <laughs> is misshapen to the level. Oh. Among all of my friends and family. Interesting. That perhaps it is more striking. Because you put me as Captain Jack Sparrow. 
I look like John Driver dressed up like Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that one was the most. That one looked like you. The it most. looked like me. Yeah. And then if you put, but so I don't know. I think this is the one time that my misshapen sort of yeah. non. How many more did you? How long did you play with that app that you did not send me the videos? Uh, Forty-five minutes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's remarkable. I think this is like a huge step forward for you. It was. Uh, I need you to waste more. What I need you to do tomorrow is sleep to eleven. I- <laughs> <laughs> I will say, would you if you slept to eleven? What would you feel about yourself? Would you immediately be like, "I've ruined my day"? Yes. Is it a Saturday? No. Okay. No. It's a Wednesday. Uh. Uh-uh. You'd feel like the day's ruined. Was my wife up at? Six? No, no, she's out of town. She doesn't. She'll never know. Okay, this changes a little bit. See, because it, <laughs> and it's not because she checks up on me. It's because we're a partnership. Yeah. So, so the loyalist in me is like, "Hey, I can't. Yeah. I got to do my part because she, I, she works so hard." What, what is your part before eleven, though? Well, we have a child. I know that, but I mean, the Sadie's taken care of. Nah, see, that means Laura had to do it. She's out of town. Sadie's with her. Uh, I need you. I couldn't do it. That's my just... body wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's true. I don't. I, yeah, I'll wake it, up at nine anyway. Yeah, at, my, the, at the latest. My body would 8 say thirty-nine. No. It would be like I take, uh, but I'd sleep through the night now. I take melatonin. Yeah. And uh, do you take melatonin sometimes? So does it give you vivid dreams? Does it mess with your? I have vivid dreams anyway. Well, I always I used to have night terrors, right? And people know this about me. If you listen to the show at at all, or you know anything about my show, I have night terrors at least once or twice a week. And I used to just wake up. There's bugs on me. There's someone in the room, and I'd have to turn on the lights, make sure it wasn't real, right? Or I would just be terrified, and the curry would have to be like, "It's not real." Well, now I my dreams are so vivid and weird. But the melatonin gives me like sleep paralysis, so I'm in the dream. But you can't do anything about it. But I can't it. do anything about it. It's not like terrifying. It's just like it's almost like a the person is standing at the foot of the bed, but it's like apathy just washes over me. Like, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> this is how it ends. He's got. I had a good run. Like you just. I don't know what you think, <laughs> but it's. I don't know if that's better or worse. But uh, that sounds better. I guess. I mean, if you're gonna die, don't you want to just? I mean, they're weird dreams. Though. You want to feel okay at the end. Yeah, man. I was getting shot at the other night in my dream. Huh. But I didn't like jump up and be like, they're on me. You know, it was like, I'm just, I'm probably doing this. I'm probably yeah. ducking and weaving in my. I have a lot of those adventure type dreams. I only take 10 milligrams. Some people take like 20. Yeah. And then my brother takes two milligrams and it knocks him out. Really? I think. I think when I first started taking 10, he goes, he looked at me, he goes, dear, like, and it's over the counter at Walgreens. Yeah. He looks at me like, like I was getting ready to drop acid. Like my wife is laughing right but now. But now I think my brother takes 10 because I think now he's worked his way up. He's like, well, I've tried. Like 10 doesn't touch my wife. Really? She has, she has what like. What does she take? She's like 40? She's 40, 50? I don't know how much, but like my <laughs> wife has a, she just metabolizes medicine at a much different rate than the average person. Okay. So when she was under anesthesia in yeah. brain surgery, uh-huh. she woke up. Oh, no. Because she, because she's a nurse. So she was listening in her subconscious. She woke up and tried to help. They were like, okay, hand me the uh, – she was like, I'll get it. Like she woke up and like, oh, my gosh. Moly. And like they had to put her back under That's quickly. Not... I mean it was not an open head. It'd be great if she did know what to do. Like, And she, she knew what to do. Well, she did. She... she reached up and yeah, fixed the She artery. fixed her own AVM. But no, it was uh, – like that's a – so yeah, you can't – like handing her – she just she she laughs at that like it's people who take melatonin. It's like oh my gosh, like doesn't touch it. So she doesn't even take it, or she just takes a lot. If she took it, she wouldn't take a over the prescribed. Or dose. she do Ambien or something. Well, I'm not really. What, a, what drugs are your wife on? 
<laughs> so there's HIPAA. We have a lot of HIPAA regulations this on talking about this that. Is like, would uh, melatonin be covered under HIPAA? I don't even know. If it's I'm, over sure. the I'm not sure vitamins even work. I'm one of those people. Like Mark Marin used to say that, who's a, a, an agnostic on his podcast. He says, like, I don't believe in God, but I take vitamins. And I don't know that they're doing anything for me, but I still take them. Like, it's kind of the thing of like, so I have faith in something, <laughs> you know? It's like, we, I mean, we spend a lot of money on vitamins in my house. My wife orders, like, through the mail, through Amazon, a certain kind of vitamins, and I take vitamins every day. I don't know. I, I'm afraid to stop taking them now. Because I'm like, what if it really is helping? I did it for a long time, and yeah. I was taking too many. Okay. Like, I was taking too many. and But the melatonin's definitely helped. The melatonin is doing its job. It's just also making me have, like, crazy technicolor daymares and nightmares. Well, there's that. Not daymares. Are I you, guess I'm awake, so I wouldn't have like a deer in the deer in the show. But uh, my vitamins are just so funny. Like it's like CoQ10 is you know the cellular uh, it's supposed to replenish cellular things mm-hmm. that could be taken out by whatever. a statin or whatever. And you're like, you're not going to know if it works until it's too late. Well, even like vitamin D, like everybody's low on vitamin D in our new culture because everybody works from home or they don't get enough sunlight. So it's like everybody's supposed to go get their vitamin D levels tested. They even said that it was related to like your case of COVID could have been exacerbated by a low vitamin D. Like it can get worse. And I'm not saying it's a cure-all, but it's just a thing. It's another factor. And one of the reasons probably the U.S. had a lot of really bad cases. We just have a lot of big skyscrapers that block out sun and we're just like – New York, New York's a great example. Right. We're stacked on top of each other in New York. There's no sunlight that gets through. Terrible COVID cases. So anyway, all that said, that was one of the medical journals I read, one of the things they were posturing. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. But then they said, well, if you're going to take vitamin D, make sure you get the K7 along with it. It needs to have K. I was like, what the heck is K7? Yeah. There's all these other things. Does it have uh, MS? If you take a glucosamine for your knees, does it have MSM? You gotta have MSM. You're like, I don't know what right. that is. Mainstream media, I don't believe in them. <laughs> I only listen to talk about that for all of my news. Yeah, yeah, it's like they. CoQ10 is one of those things that they yeah. add. They added a thing like, well, this is to the cellular damage that's done by the other thing you take. Right. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And you just at, at some point you go. Yeah. This is where the whole misinformation, the misinformation. <laughs> Okay, I don't want to sound like a guy just talking about misinformation because is there another topic that yeah. we're not all talking about? Right. But like, for example, and I'm just going to get on this for a second. Someone sent me a video the other day, and it was by a guy that I wrote about yeah. in my book. Uh-huh. And the title of the video was, Are All White People Racist? hmm And I watched the video. I never would have written the article. I know, Johnny. I never would have. But you never. did the video. And he's interviewing, he's a white guy, very famous, Yeah. and he's interviewing a black guy, and the black guy agrees with everything he's saying, because he starts off on this premise of, I just want to talk about this question, are all white people racists? And here's why it's a horrible question, here's why, and everyone's just like freaking out. Right. And I'm I'm going, and again, I wrote about this, so I'm probably a little extra sensitive, especially to the person who sent it to me, like, it's obvious you didn't read what I wrote. Since yeah. I literally dealt with this exact person yeah. in the book as an example. But what I can't understand is... Because they weren't sending you the video like, get a load of this, Rube. They no. were like, John, look at this. This is great. Yes, it was, this yeah. is what you should be doing. Yeah. And I was like, um, does anyone else, does anyone care that in all of my studies or my colleagues' studies, 
professors, theologians, authors, pastors, people who are talking about what we've been talking about, not one of us have heard anyone actually ask the question right. or make the accusation that all white people are racist. Yeah. So it's like a deflection. It's like a question just to deflect from the real question. Right. That's not at all the question. Yeah. I never met one person who thought that. Right. Like maybe believing in systemic racism is not the same thing as believing all white people are racist. Perhaps there's someone on the far, 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 far left. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've not heard them say it, but like the entire debate over CRT and our educational system, which some of it I've read is super scary because it really is removing like any mention yeah. of racism in American history. It's like a, such an overcorrection. Yeah. Uh, that now we really are going to whitewash. Well, we're going to say you can't acknowledge that. They're taking, I read somewhere they're taking out math books. It's like, what kind of story problems have CRT? Like math books? That's Tennessee, by the way. That's one of our Tennessee, our wonderful Tennessee. uh, Again, I'm not, the hot button terms are so hard now. But I just go, guys, at least trace back and go, this entire, like, and here's what it does. Well, that's what a straw man is, you say. Are you saying? And they never said it. I never. And then no you take down that. the argument that they've never made. Right. I'd like to go ahead and take down this argument that all white people are racist. Well, no one said that. But even so, let me go ahead and show you why you're wrong. Right. Like I never know. And by doing that, then they don't access the things we're actually talking about. Yeah. And it's infuriating. And I'm. Yeah. It's one of those. So so back to it all. The. <laughs> Does CoQ10 or does whatever, like, how how do you know? And then that's a, Does it make you racist? I guess guys, I, totally I think understand. it does. It's, uh, <laughs> I think it's right there. I, I, I watched it on YouTube. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think what gets me is, though, it puts you into an ideological, emotional tribe. It gets somebody riled up because there's never any, like, neutral comments. Yeah. It's not like, you know what, I want to really think this through. You're giving me something to think about. Yeah. One of my, some of my favorite comments in our book have been people go, hey, I'm reading this, and it's causing me to have to think about a lot of things I haven't normally thought about. Right. That's amazing. And, and I'm dealing with it. Well, nothing that, better than that. Like, that's what you want. I don't want yeah. someone to go, you know what? Thanks for taking down the libs. You know right. You know what? Thanks for taking down. I was thinking it, and you said it, and thank you. You're like, oh, no, this <laughs> is not like, great. This is how – this is not good. Like, I don't ever want to become that, and that's a um, – we can. I've been that. And, and One I, time when I was doing a, a my a college group, some, one of the students texted me, thanks for what you said tonight. It was exactly what I wanted to hear, not what I needed to hear. Oh, wow. And it was like a gut punch. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, no. What I wanted oh, to hear? No, I didn't want you to. <laughs> well, and I think that's that, like, I have that theory that that the gospel is offensive. Yeah. Just, just not for the reasons most of us are making it offensive. Right. Some people's personalities are offensive, and they're right. blaming the gospel. Well, said, we all know the gospel should have some offense. Anything that causes you to examine the way yeah. you see the world how you live in the world is going to is going to cause you to have to decide if you're going to change something. Yeah. And change is what's offensive. What? Why are people offended by any conversations? Because they're saying you shouldn't think this way. You should think this way. You shouldn't act this way. You should act this way. You shouldn't yeah. speak this way. You should speak this way. And that's offensive. There's no idea that exists that's not offensive to someone mm. because it's different than the way that they think or they see or they you know view the world. That's why it's this. In fact, the very idea of saying no, no, it's not true. We can all just have our own truth. That's offensive to someone. So to right. act like if the idea is having an unoffensive, true to yourself viewpoint, right? There's no such thing. Like it, it's a, it, it doesn't exist. Right to say there's so there's many truths is yeah. 
if you say there's absolute truth, you're leaving out the people who say there's many ways to truth. And the people who say there's every, every way you feel is the truth. They're leaving out the people who say there's only one truth. Right. So they're still leaving out something. Right. They're still objecting to a very singular way of belief. Right. So somebody says, well, you can't say it. If you're saying there's only one way to God, then you're leaving out all the people who say there's many ways to God. Okay, well, you say there's many ways to God. What about my way that says there's only one way? No, 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 your way's wrong. <laughs> right. Well, they have their yeah. own – they're objecting to your – It has it, – it, Truth is exclusionary. It has to be. Yeah. It, it, it is defined and not defined by, but it always – look, every – oh, this sounds cheesy, but it's true. Light always casts a shadow. Yeah. Like if anything exists upon which light is shining, there's going to be a shadow. So the shadow is not the equal and opposite of the light. I think you just wrote the foreword to my new book. Do you have uh, a title? I don't know. <laughs> I was waiting for Daymares, the Johnny W. story. <laughs> I don't know. A, a cautionary tale. Um, yeah, I mean, like you can't – I think this whole idea like lies are not the equal and opposite of truth, but – they do exist because of truth. Mm-hmm. Like the best lie is always 90% true. And then the bulk of the emphasis is going to be on the 10%. Right. Yeah, didn't you say that uh, Russia right now is saying that their ship got caught in a storm? Yeah, their flagship was sunk by missiles. Yeah, and they're like, ah, I guess she just tipped over or whatever. <laughs> they're trying to sell that there's still this mighty military force because right. that's what they need to sell to, their tr- to keep people, the, you know, yeah. the, the strength up and the morale up. But they're like – yeah, yeah, they must have just got caught in a bad gale force winds. Yeah, we were like, towing it, and there was an It's explosion. an ocean liner. It's a Right, and it had munitions on board that exploded randomly yeah. in the middle of a storm. What are you going to do? Because I mean, they can't give the victory to the Ukrainians right. or whoever the allies are. And the truth is, the ship's sake. Like, they can't deny So there's always truth Yeah, in, in, in every single bit of but it. You can still try to spin it to make your case still, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what the scary part is. If somebody points out truth within an ideology or a viewpoint, it doesn't make it sound. It only makes that part of it sound. Yeah. Like what is its real – that's why I think it's so key that you always evaluate a tree by its fruit. Like what is its fruit? That's that's a kingdom perspective. What is this doing in you and what is it doing in others? What fruit is it producing? So, And then Jesus identifies those fruits or Paul identifies the fruits that Jesus lived out. You know, is this producing? This is a tough one. If you really look at the way you approach social media, the way you approach mainstream yeah. media, the way you approach your family, the way you approach your ideal ideological stances and bents and approaches, are they producing in you love, joy, peace? Like these are the specific ones that we just kind of go, look, kids, it's a flannel graph, fruits of the spirit. Like, right. I mean, really, these are pretty. This is a pretty pivotal, yeah, actual fulcrum upon which. All the parts of how to live are found. That's a great quote, by the way, is everything, everything has been discovered except how to live. I think it's what it says. Let me find the exact quote. Oh, Oh, that's great. uh, I've got it right here. This is so key to me, and I couldn't remember it. (laughs) It's it's, it's one of John's tenets of life, and he's going to misattribute it. Everything has been figured out except how to live. Yeah. That's John Paul. Sartre. Sartre. I like that guy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, everything has been figured out except how to live. It's an old Chinese proverb that says, uh, to have a great life, follow the advice you give other people. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I read somewhere the other day, they were like, nobody really wants, no one really wants advice. They want corroboration. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's for sure the way we yeah. live now. Um, yeah, just back me up. Yeah. But if it's not producing in me 
those if it's not like kindness so mm. some of those fruits are inward and some of those yeah. fruits are outward if my expression and i think that was you know reggie's taught me a lot about that we're talking about a volatile topic but i've not heard reggie even when people have been super mean to him there's a kindness yeah that that's a fruit man that that's a yeah. fruit that shows me there's something else being formed in him outside of this particular issue. Right. And so that's the filter we're supposed to use. I'm not sure it's the one that we do, Johnny. I know it's not the one. I know it's not the filter you're using. No, but, uh, I have no filter. You know that. I think that it's I time. use the one that swaps my face for James Bond's face. <laughs> it's such a great app. Yeah. I'm probably going to send you some more later. Please uh, do. I did one where I'm Forrest Gump and like the trailer and like when I'm on the boat – yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm smiling and laughing because I just I just saw I don't think I'm doing the wave but I have my arms behind me mm-hmm. and I just saw Lieutenant Dan on the dock or whatever and yeah. I'm just grinning. Johnny, it looks like me as Forrest Gump. Like yeah, it's I can see it. Yeah, you've got a I got a real Forrest Gump kind of. Yeah, there's a dimness vibe. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put my finger on it until you said it, but there's a dimness. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, a couple things I want to address today. Oh, uh, as we kind of wrap this up. Yeah. One, as you know, I've been doing a book giveaway. And right. multiple listeners, numerous, have reached out and taken advantage of my book giveaway. So many. Uh, I will ship you a book for free. Yeah. If you'll agree to read it and leave an honest review on Amazon. And uh, I had a listener reach out. I'm not going to say his last name, but his first name is Michael. And he was very complimentary of the podcast. And when I re- emailed him back, Michael, and I emailed you back to get your address, yeah. your mailbox is full. What? It's been Michael. being returned. Now, I've tried on multiple email addresses. Michael... Can you please find a way, Facebook, otherwise? Is everyone wasting airtime on this guy? He can't even just empty get, his mailbox? Just get me an address. I'd Michael, love to send you a book. pull it together. I'm trying to help. Hey, before you read John's book, why don't you read some of these emails and delete them? <laughs> Here's a tip. Let's talk about Michael, that. Michael, listen. Hey, we're we're just only, kidding, it's Michael. all in good fun. We're sure you're getting a lot of stuff done if out there. If you listened to this long, Michael, and got to this part, we're already. <laughs> People always wanted to be roasted by Don Rickles. That was like a big honor, you yeah. know. So hopefully Michael sees it that way, too. And he's not oh. like, I'll never listen again. Yeah. You take your book and stick it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and Yeah. Uh, had another really kind listener yeah. this week reach out. And she came to us through our friend Allison Holland's podcast, Kennedy Dynasty. Yes. If you guys haven't listened to Kennedy Dynasty. What are you even doing with yourself? It's all about the Kennedys, like not just JFK, not just the assassination or conspiracy theories. Like it is a deep dive Camelot. into the family, like I mean, throughout history. Yeah. She has historians and teachers and others uh, on there. Rumor has it that I have been asked to be on that show. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big deal. So upcoming, I don't know how far out she is. She's not like us. She records like five weeks out probably. Uh, a couple weeks. I think you're, you're. So if I go on it next week, then it should be. A just depends. Weeks. Yeah. So be looking for that. That'll she be does. A, I will say she does a lot of high profile interviews. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about the role of satire and humor as it relates to like the presidency mm-hmm. and when that started, and as related to the Kennedys and tragedy and gallows humor. And yeah. I have I have a couple of topic ideas that I think we're going to. I'm going to do some research. Allison's like so researched compared to us. That I feel yeah. a little bit like, I need to do my homework on this. Listen, I did a lot of interviews. I don't just show up and be like, oh, I'm smart enough to do that. I'm not. <laughs> my imposter syndrome will kick in for sure. No, I have to I have to research some when I go on her podcast. But yeah. I will say this. I told her the other day, I did a lot of kind of high-profile interviews around the book. Yeah. I think my interview on Kennedy Dynasty about Not So Black and White has to be number one. Like, it, it was my favorite interview I did. Wow. Uh, she just brings out go a lot find of it. Stuff. Go find it on her uh, wherever fine yeah. podcasts are sold. And it's on my link tree. You can go my link tree too and find it. Yeah, uh, but go subscribe to Kennedy Dynasty. Wow, not a sponsor, but look at this. We're just we just told everyone to do it. Link so. tree. Look 
at you. Hey, what fruit is on your link tree? Oh, That's what man, I want to know. Guys, isn't it true? What though? will I'm going to produce? It's going to produce podcasts and followers and <laughs> stupid videos. Speaking of followers, uh, you should go follow Johnny on Instagram. You should also talk about that podcast.com where you have over 200 archived episodes. Binge it. Hey, well, you know, we got that trip to Florida planned with your family. Yeah. It's a long trip. It's the highway to hell, basically. Oh. Just get on that road. Yeah. Start at episode whatever. I would start at episode. Where would you start? I'd work backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can see the de evolution of the show. Yeah. You can see how we fell apart. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think we've gotten better or you think we've. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, we, we're gaining in listenership. So that can only mean. I don't know. You things know, things don't hard. grow unless they're great. Everybody knows that. Oh, that's such an evangelical thing to say. <laughs> you know. We must, no, what you do is. And healthy then, things. And then grow. you can go against it, too. Like if it starts getting bad, you go, we must be doing something right. The devil's attacking. Mm, that's right. That's right. We have lost all of our listeners, and that must mean. We are in the world, but not of it. So obviously <laughs> the world does not like it. Right, you can just spin it whatever yeah. you want. Listen, that ship just caught, got caught in a bad storm. It did. It did. It was just there were some munitions on board, and we don't know what happened. Yeah, look, these things. One Who of the knows? guys gardening was smoking. That's great. Oh, yeah. And we hope that you're not smoking, uh, dear Um, listeners. It's bad for you. It is bad. But if you are, look, I understand everybody's got their vices. Like, I drink too many sodas. Yeah. But uh, we're so glad to have you on board and uh, our ship, even though we've been through some storms. uh, (laughs) We're still afloat. I'm trying to. Every metaphor has its reasonable (laughs) breaking point. Hey, if you would like a uh, free book, I still have some left in the giveaway. So email me at John at John. You might get Michael's book because. Yeah, Michael, if you don't reach out soon. That book's gone. Going, going, gone. It's gone. John at johndriver.com. Yeah. It sounds like a very pretentious email address. Yeah. Well, mine's Johnny at Johnny W. So what am I going to do? Right. But you feel like I'll say it sometimes. When I give it to people at the hotel, they go, What's your email like? When I say Johnny at Johnny, they go, Really? They look at you like, well, who are you that you have your own, you know, whatever domain? Hey, you know what I purchased the other day, speaking of what? domains? I purchased johncdriver.com. I haven't what? set it up yet. Wow. Oh, what am I in a whole like? Just in case, because the Amish guy, right? The Mennonite guy. Right. Because my next book proposal, I've made it John C. Driver, you know? It's kind of interesting that he has a website. He doesn't. Oh. That I can find. I own johndriver.com. But he's just out there. He's got his own printing press. I just wanted people to see. It's like Gutenberg. If for some reason I became more known for John C. Driver and someone typed that in, I want them to also find the real. Well, the, we're both the real John Driver. Uh, wow. That was close. That. You almost implied that there's only can only be one John Driver. I think it'll like the, the Highlander. <laughs> you got the, whatever the opposite of imposter syndrome is, you have that. Right. I am the John Driver. <laughs> Everyone else is an imposter. <laughs> well, there's a lot to dig into. Uh, yeah. We're going to continue this off air. <laughs> Guys, thank you for spending the time with us as always, and we'll see you next week on Talk About That. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. 
Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.